Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hi everyone, it's James here and we have a wonderful episode for you today on heat and heat illness and, and how to protect yourself and your community and your animals when it is hot, which it is right now. But I just wanted to record this little pickup to tell you that this isn't medical advice, right? we do this every time we do these. I am not that kind of doctor and I'm not your doctor. And I just wanted to reinforce especially that yes, generally if you're hot, it's a good idea to drink fluids and get out of the heat someone is losing consciousness or um, really, really sick, you need to get better medical attention uh, than you can learn how to give on a podcast, right? So that's when you call someone whose job it is to look after people. Um, I just wanted to reinforce that obviously pouring water down the throat if someone has lost consciousness is a very dumb idea. Um, so please, if somebody is seriously unwell, seek medical care. Enjoy the episode. All right. Hi, welcome to It Could Happen Here, a podcast where we thumb our nose at God, um, which is what I was doing just before the podcast began. Uh, maybe we'll include that. And today we're here to talk about how God is smiting us with massive heat waves. And I'm joined today by Margaret Kiljoy and Garrison Davis. Say hello, everyone. Hello, hello everyone. everyone. <laughs> so cold, so seamless. So, so cold, free thinkers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My sheeple have joined me. Uh, this, is, this is what I get for doing an episode about sheep. Um, so, as you will be aware, if you are in just about anywhere in the northern hemisphere, it is very hot at the minute. It's very hot in cities in Europe. It's very hot in the United States. Uh, it, it's very hot in parts of uh, North Africa and the Middle East as well. It's the hottest June for how many years, Garrison? July. July, that one. It is the hottest July in, it, it is uh, 120,000 years, um, according to the most recent estimates released like three days ago as of time of recording. So, yeah. Yeah, and we've had the hottest day in history like four times in the last month or something. Yes, the, uh, in the in yeah. the first half of, of July, we had we had two days in a row where it was the two hottest days on record, and then we had two other two other days that were also the hottest days on record. Um, it's it's pretty concerning. It's nothing that people haven't been warning about for many many decades, um, but it's it's bad and it's very warm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it will continue probably to get warmer. Uh, so I think the way we want to approach this is I'm going to start off with talking about some uh, stuff related to like exertional heat illness, because that's the thing that's most acutely concerning for people, right? Especially if they work outside, if they recreate outside, if they're doing stuff outside where they can't get out of the heat. Um, so 
I think to start off with, I want to talk about things that might make you predisposed. Uh, and then I'm going to explain a little bit of how the body cools and then some of these different stages of heat illnesses and how uh, one might go about treating those um, or seeking further care if you need to, right? So to start out with, there are some things that can make you predisposed to heat illness, right? The biggest predisposition uh, I've come across in my reading is previously having heat illness. So I can certainly speak to this. Yeah, like I think I got heat stroke for the first time. uh, It was racing bikes in Spain, I think. But I then remember getting it again, racing bikes in Vietnam and just like being really bad, like having to have IV fluids, uh, like vomiting, uh, sort of even some like sort of uh, not loss of consciousness, but definitely like confusion and erratic behavior and stuff. And the line between that and dying is pretty narrow, right? You can have like multiple organ failure and stuff, certainly if, yeah, if you don't respond to that or if you misdiagnose that. And that's definitely, um, it's like I'm someone with diabetes, right? So people can sometimes, if you're erratic or confused, people could assume you're hypoglycemic and you need some sugar, but you don't in that situation. Uh, we need fluids and electrolytes and to be cooled quickly. Um, so uh, yeah, that that is, yeah, you can die. People do die. Actually, the mortality is quite high. Like I, I to prepare for this, I went and looked at an advanced wilderness life support course I did. Um, and uh, people can look it up. AWLS, University of Utah does one. Um, and you can access lots of the stuff online for free. Um, but they would think the mortality is, is quite high from these like heat illnesses. Um, and I think that's probably especially true in wilderness medicine because it, it can be hard to cool someone down, right? If you don't have means of, uh, like, if you don't have access to ice, you obviously not got air conditioning out there. Um, if you, the best thing you probably have is running water. Hopefully, you have running water, right? Um, and I think probably it's something that like people might not have been concerned with unless they either lived in a very hot place or very active people or, or who traveled a lot before. Um, so yeah, if you've had heat illness before, then you do need to be careful. Uh, and, and you will probably know if you've had it before. Um, but if we go through all the symptoms and you've had them all and, and never, I guess, got diagnosed and lucky you, maybe you just found out you had heat illness. Um, other <laughs> things that can predispose you can be a lack of acclimation. Again, like this is one that I think kind of stands to reason for most people. But like if you go from a cold place to a hot place or, or the place you are suddenly becomes hot, having been cold, it's going to take you a few days a week to to become acclimatized to that heat, right? Um and, and your body will change. Things about your body will change. We don't need to go into, but uh, Does you can also lose that, that. I don't think so. I think, um, so th- back when I was exercising more seriously, uh, I would, um, we would do heat acclimation by going in a sauna after a mm-hmm. training ride. Um, and the idea was that like you gave yourself this big bout of heat stress and then then you could go back and cool down, right? So okay. I think if you were in AC for most of the day, it was okay. I'm 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 sort of uh, guessing here, but if, if getting that bout of heat stress and then recovering and get just like any other training that you're doing okay. seems so fine. like. But if just, you go outside into the heat and then come back into the cool, you're still acclimating yourself. Yes, compared to just Great. hanging out in in you know uh, somewhere where it's cold all the time. And Great. you do want it. You don't want to overdo it, right? You don't want to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to acclimate time to go for a 10 mile run. Like, like mm-hmm. ease into it. Uh, make sure you're hydrating. Make sure you're taking breaks in the heat. Um, there's also a lack of conditioning, right? So that's why you see a lot of heat illness. Ah, geez, maybe that's the first time I got heat stroke. Was like uh, I was preseason workouts for like. Uh, especially like collegiate athletes and things or or athletes who are more seasonal athletes. So people who have been parked on their backside for a few months or in class or whatever, and then they come and start doing a rigorous training regime and that, that can, uh, that can predispose you. Right. So they can cause you to be more likely to get heat illness. Um, and then there are some medications, right? So you'd probably say on your medications, but things like beta blockers, antihistamines, diuretics, uh, you don't want to be drinking too much alcohol, um, and some conditions too, right? Heart disease, skin disease, uh, existing dehydration, uh, fever, obviously, right? Your, your, your temperature is higher to begin with and diarrhea and vomiting, which can cause that dehydration, right? Um, so like, if, if you have diarrhea and vomiting, it's not a good idea to also be, you know, going out and exposing yourself to a lot of heat, right? Um, so all of those things can make you more predisposed, but you can have none of those things and still get heat illness um 
I think the way to understand it is like the way we'll talk about the way our body cools. Um, so it does that through evaporation. Uh, people mm-hmm. will be familiar with sweating. Most people sweat. Uh, and so if you, the sweating allows your body to cool, right? The evaporation of the sweat allows your body to cool. Um, so people who don't sweat or, or people who have injuries, which mean they don't sweat in some of their body, again, are at a higher risk for heat illness, right? Um, well, and this also so, ties into uh, like wet bulb temperature yes. and mm. uh, the fact that if you're in a more humid place, you have to consider the heat very differently, right? Um, yes. And so yeah, yeah. the East Coast versus the Southwest, for example, of the United States will have very different options available to them, both inside and outside, about how to cool down um, based on the... Knowing the humidity outside is going to be as important for people as knowing the actual temperature. Yes, definitely. Um, and most of the time now, if you're using a phone app, which I think most people are doing to check the weather, that you can find that. Uh, it'll give you the humidity and it might give you a wet bulb or like a real feel uh, temperature. But certainly like I was I was recently uh, on a trip to the Marshall Islands and I was running at like 85 and I'll run at 85 all the time. And I was dying because the humidity was so high. Um, so, um, yeah, where the humidity is higher, you're not going to be able to cool as much. Right. So you need to be more careful. Uh, to radiation, that, that's when your body um, is sh- shedding heat through, like, I guess, electromagnetic energy. Um, so that makes up most of your cooling when the ambient temperatures are less than body temperature. So once the ambient temperature is ab- above your body temperature, I think in Fahrenheit it's like 96.6, um, uh, it, your body's going to be relying on other methods, right? That one's not going to work. Um, conduction, conduction doesn't really make up much of it. Uh, it's not really that useful a way to cool... Um, it doesn't really make much difference, but like uh, people will be familiar with conduction. If you've ever slept without a sleeping pad, if you've been camping, you'll realize how, how much colder you get on cold ground. Um, and then the last one is convection, right? So that's heat transfer between the body and a moving gas or liquid. Uh, that's why wind chills a thing. Um, uh, okay. Because that air is whipping past you, right? Cooling you down. Um, and that's also the convection is one that we can use to cool people down if they overheat, right? Like um, jump in the creek. So, Yes, or if we don't have a creek, we can get you wet and then fan you. Okay. So maybe we can, if we're outside and we have those big thermorest sleeping pads, we can get some air moving that way and help you cool down. If we know the ways the body cools, then we can maybe use those, right? And we we have to understand, like you said, the, the, the relative humidity, right? So when our body gets hot, especially when it starts to overheat, it'll shunt some blood uh, to the skin, right? Vasodilation. Um it will also increase cardiac output uh, and it'll increase catecholamines, which activate the sweat glands. Um, so the uh, hypothalamus will also regulate heat production in the body. Uh, yeah, there's been two. So I don't understand two of the words you've recently used, but... <laughs> okay, which were the words? Which are the words? I don't know, the, the, cataco- the cacophony and the hyper... Catecholamines. Okay. <laughs> It's sufficient to say that the body, you start to sweat more Uh and your body begins to regulate how hot it makes itself. Okay. I got that one kind of from context, but what's this next one? I guess your hypothalamus is like your, um, your your body's kind of internal regulator. And what it's doing is uh, it's um, in this case, it's regulating the heat production of your body. Okay. So it's it's trying to, um, it's not, making you hotter from the inside, I guess. Um, that's probably a terrible explanation. Um, okay, so let's go through the different stages of heat illness. Uh, we can start off with things that people will be, I think we can probably skip like sunburn. Many of us will be familiar with sunburn. Many of us will have been sunburned. Many of us will understand. Hopefully we're wearing our sun cream when we go outside, right? Um, or just wearing our sun cream and covering ourselves up from the sun. Yeah. Not just like... A, running around with our skin exposed to the sun when it's 110 or, or what have you. Um, so step up from there would be heat cramps. And cramps can come from various things, right? Like I think not all cramps are caused by sodium depletion uh, or potassium depletion. People sometimes think that it's a potassium thing. Um, some of them can just be caused by overexertion. It can be your body's way of being like, hey, stop. Uh, so like if, if, you know, if it's 50 degrees out, and you're trying to run your fastest 10k and you have cramps that's not a heat thing 
uh, it's just your body being like, okay, you're not ready for this. Yeah, uh, that's that's been my experience with running. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, your body's actively rejected it. Yeah, it's because yeah. it knows. I yeah, tried to join track when I was in ninth grade to impress a girl. Uh, Neither part of it worked. I'm sorry to hear that. It's fine, but it, it, it's for the best. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad that you can share that with the audience. Oh, I thought it was just wait. Oh no, someone's listening. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, so if heat cramps, right? They're mostly going to be in your calves, um, and people will be familiar with the sensation of a cramp. I'm sure. When we're experiencing heat cramps, we we want to obviously cool off, stop doing the thing. So if we're running, we, it's time to stop running. If we're cycling, it's time to stop cycling. Uh, it's, it's unlikely you'll get them when you get you get them swimming that's other kinds of cramps um but uh you know if, if we're exercising it's, it's good mm-hmm. to stop it's good to cool down and it's good to rehydrate um so that's where you're going to start with your oral salt solution and generally uh from what i've seen it's a sodium thing so that that's just like a quarter to half a teaspoon of table salt and a liter of water um this is the electrolyte so- thing that people talk about yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we get further into like these heat illnesses, um, one of the things that you want to be careful of, you're trying to rehydrate someone when it's overloading on carbohydrates. So you want a less than 6% carbohydrate solution. Um, you, that can mean just not pounding Gatorade, which I think can be like the sort of standard response for some people. Okay. Because um, it just it doesn't empty quite as quickly as something which has a lower uh, carbohydrate content right okay um, but people who are f- drinking yeah, go ahead. drinking straight water doesn't rehydrate you as effectively as drinking electrolytes right like if it's really hot yes. out you pretty much need to be hydrating with electrolytes this is unless you're like eating a salty snack or something this is what i've heard mm. from people yeah there's this thing called hyponatremia mm-hmm. which which is um when you the opposite that's like low sodium right then that's uh that can happen sometimes from just drinking straight water mm-hmm. um without any sodium it, it happens uh rarely but it definitely can happen it can happen in like backcountry travel where people don't think they're exerting themselves they're just kind of walking and drinking a lot of water mm. it can happen in marathons like it happens sometimes in marathons uh but people are just taking the water from the aid stations just drinking the water um yeah it's never like it, it's you know um it's when it's hot if you're having you know when i was bike racing i used to do one drink of water and one drink of electrolyte even in the heat pretty much like Okay. one bottle there are two bottles on a bicycle then i think that's a fine thing to do if you're in the heat and then you're exercising um you you don't need to be smashing gatorade all the time because that's a lot of sugar and, and it might that will also not empty from your stomach um so you know a modern sports drink should have the right solution um you know there are lots of brands i'm not going to recommend one but uh there there are lots of different brands which should have a decent sort of four or five percent carbohydrate solution um Pick one that tastes nice to you. And then we move from there into a couple of different things. Heat exhaustion and heat syncope. Um, heat syncope is when you'll see people like like fall over. Um, and it happens often, like, the only time I've seen it happen is people stopping after, like, a long run. Like, uh, pe- specifically, like, when they push themselves really hard, right? And it can actually be... Um, it can be people who are not particularly uh, dehydrated or, or hypothermic, um, mm-hmm. but it, a sort of a long run in heat you're not acclimated to. Uh, it, it can blood can pool in the legs, and um, it's it's often people who are elderly are not very well acclimated, um, and it's normally when they're standing and stationary, um, and that's something that you can treat uh, by elevating the feet as the person lies down, and then just getting them out of direct sun sunlight and helping them rehydrate, right? So helping them cool or rehydrate. Um, you're going to see that in nearly all of these cases, cooling someone off is, is the most important thing to do. Um, so next one, we'll talk about heat exhaustion. Again, like you'll know something is wrong in, in these situations, right? Like if someone's just, just like falling over, you will know something is wrong. If someone's... Yeah. Then in the case of heat... Like you, you'll know, like having had heat exhaustion, heat stroke, like you, you yourself will also know. There are certain like uh, like ecstasy is the big one, right? Mm-hmm. Where people people quite often get heat illness when they're like at raves on ecstasy, and that's just because obviously like altered state of mind plus dancing uh, plus plus this drug, which is um, you know your body is not not making its usual responses, I guess. Yeah, um, and and that can be so like 
you know, if it's 110 out, maybe that's not the time to be doing MDMA and, and raving. Cop, cop, sorry, cop behavior, James. Yeah, I can't stand by and hear, and just as you spread this MDMA slander, people should absolutely be knowledgeable about what causes serotonin syndrome and be careful about mixing other substances. But I cannot have you just disparage the good name of MDMA like this. Oh, I will. I will take it one step further and tell you that... At least with my research, both caffeine and alcohol make it far more likely for you to suffer mm-hmm. dehydration and related heat De- things. Dehydration, yes. This is this is just but this is an actual problem that people should make sh- uh, like with MDMA. Um, this is something to to look up because um, uh, because of the way it affects your serotonin levels, it can cause you to overheat if you. Uh, take too much yeah. or combine with other things or if you're in a hot sweaty crowded room and you're dancing too much without taking breaks this, this is a thing to consider um mm-hmm. yes yeah i had uh there was a person i it was i think it was referenced in the in the course i did where they were talking about using a drone at a rave to identify people who are hypothermic <laughs> uh, and like that's cool and be like you're too hot step away from the dance floor like uh to, to identify people who are at risk, which is an interesting idea. Um, That's cool. I think, yeah. Um, so just, you know, something to consider as you go forward with your summer plans. Um, so other signs, right? Tiredness, weakness, dizziness, headache, fainting, nausea or vomiting, muscle cramps. Uh, nausea and vomiting is rough, I remember. Um, the, the worst heat illness I've ever had was in Vietnam doing a bike race. Uh, it, one of the rules in a bike race is you can't take um supplies from your support car in the last 50 kilometers uh, and it was just so hot and i remember being like oh, i'm baking inside my skull i'm baking inside my skull <laughs> like and i'd been it previously in like a little group in front of the main group so i also hadn't been able to access water from my car then and then drop we got caught by the main group is what happened and i remember being like okay good now i can get my ice socks and put them down my back and i can get my cold water mm. and then i went back and the guy was like no 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 uh, it's, like, it's like 49 <laughs> kilometers and i was like oh this is bad this is really fucking bad and it was really bad um did you I finish the race or did you be unsure yeah i did i finished the race um i'm not sure that's the right call my... but congrats <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no it's a terrible decision i have to picture somewhere my teammates put me in a shower with like my legs above my head it was just like waterboarding me with cold water and i was being <laughs> given iv fluids and they were all like uh this is bad uh, it's not he's not in a good way um yeah yeah, but you know, sport is good for you. Keep keep sporting out there, kids. Yeah. yeah, everyone was very concerned for me. My all the stuff I came up with was like, stay inside, don't exert yourself, like avoid caffeine and alcohol. And James is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if you want to push yourself past your limits, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, don't. It's bad. Oh, cool. yeah. uh, we did everything wrong, right? Like it was in December the race because. Um, uh, like the Asian tour doesn't take a break at, at, mm-hmm. at like the December end of year time. It takes a break for Ramadan. So uh, obviously coming from the United States, we we were relatively less fit than we would have been. We were not acclimated. I had a fat beard, which did mm-hmm. not help. And like my hair was longer than it is now. Like my <laughs> body was not losing heat. Uh, just everything was... Uh, so just Bakun is like, I, doing this this race. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> going out there like full... Uh, like if there's nothing that... Uh, what What is more white man on the left than, you know, like a white dude with a beard? Yeah. It's like all of them, right? Kropok yeah. and Bakun and Marx. And yeah, you have to try it. And uh, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> We talked about heat syncope, and the last one is heat stroke. So what differentiates heat stroke uh, from heat exhaustion is that higher body temperature above 40 degrees Celsius, which is 103, 104 Fahrenheit. Okay. If you're seeing 103, it's time to pick up the telephone and call 911, um, if you can, if you're in an area where you can do that. But it doesn't matter if it's 103 or 104, I guess. It, it's that you're very hot at that point. Uh, um, you're going to have hot red skin, Fast, strong pulse, headache, dizziness, nausea, confusion. People can also lose consciousness. Um, so uh, the this is very serious, right? And the line between this and, and, and really serious lasting complications is quite quite small. So yeah. you do need to be very extremely concerned. I will say that, like when you're taking someone's temperature, um, taking it 
uh, at the extremities is not necessarily going to give you the best uh, idea of what their core body temperature is, right? Um, so that's for the reason that like if, if they're hot, if, if like if it's hot, they're hot on the outside, right? Like your ear or what have you. Um, and then if you've if you've then tried to cool the person and you're seeing like a lower body temperature in their hand or if you well, yeah if their hand's been in ice you know in an ice bath then you might see a cooler temperature there um that's there are like rectal probes are used for this mm-hmm. not something to be doing in a sort of non-consensual manner um they're not really something to be doing unless you're like a medical professional but um if you're if so just don't don't be relying i guess like you know people have those little heat guns that they like to use and stuff yeah might not be the most reliable source of information. Although it might be useful um, for the initial uh, diagnosis, right? Yeah, even then, like, if even if you can just do an oral thermometer as opposed to, like, the temperature of your forehead is X. Okay. Yeah, like, if it's 110, then the temperature of your forehead is, is going to be hot, right? Oh, like, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, versus, you know, you, you're, you're trying to get as inside as possible, I guess. Um, yeah. I remember people doing cooling experiments where you had to take a pill when it measured your internal temperature um, and, and it wow. Bluetoothed it out or something. Wow. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's cool. fun times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. that's cool as hell. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> <laughs> Rescuing it later sounds like not fun. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does make an exit from the body. Um, so with this, again, right, you want to cool the person down. Uh, and the way we can do that, it's like, ice packs right in the groin neck and scalp so i used to do like um just tights like if you're wearing tights put ice in those and put those down my back of my cycling jersey when i was cycling you can put them in the groin so obviously the person has, has become like a heat casualty you can put them in the groin armpits uh the like the neck um and you can also if you don't have access to AC, obviously you've got AC, you can put the person in, a, in an air-conditioned environment to help them cool down. You can put them in an ice bath. Um, you'll see that like at hot weather events. Um, I'm trying to think. There's There are a lot of other conditions that you'll see at hot weather events. We don't really have time to, to talk about, but things like rhabdo are, are very, very concerning um, if someone's exercising in the heat. But you'll often see at the end of hot events uh, in first aid tents, they're popping people in ice in ice baths to cool them down. Okay. they've got some of these symptoms uh like 15 20 minutes i think is how long you want to put them in there for um but like if you're starting to feel headache dizziness nausea i guess my like big take home here is get out the sun stop exercising if you're exercising and yeah. start hydrating if you're not hydrating with with that carbohydrate solution um, you're looking to drop that cool temperature that core temperature below that that kind of danger zone, right? And ideally get it back to, to where it wants to be, which which I think in Fahrenheit is around 96.6. Um, you uh, you probably don't want to actively cool someone all the way down because you can overshoot and they can get hypothermic. And so like uh, they can they can get too cold if, if you're like, you know, dumping them in a freezer or like, uh, um, you know, actively cooling them too aggressively. So that's something to be concerned with as well. And you don't want the person to start shivering uh, because that, the body's trying to heat itself back up at that point. So okay. you can't be u- uber aggressive. Uh, but I think having said all this, like I said, the big take home is like, if you start to feel sick, dizzy, uh, underwell, when you're outside in the heat, just get out the heat, get some water, um, get in the shade if you can, get in air conditioning if you can. Uh, if you're at a job site, you know, if, if there's like a, a trailer where you where that's air conditioned, go in the trailer uh, like it's not worth your life, even if it's your job. You want to know what's fun? Is that um, what's fun in the United States? There's no federal law mm-hmm. that says you can't make people work in the hot mm. weather um, without hell. Work. Yeah, uh, some states less than half. I don't have the notes in front of me. I had the notes for a different thing I recorded recently. Mm-hmm. Um, some states, like 16 of them or something, maybe have laws against working people outside in the heat. Um, but most no, states can, don't. The federal mm-hmm. government is like considering one right now, but that is like probably mm-hmm. years away before it could be enacted. But it's like basic worker protections, like don't have people work outside without enough stuff to make sure they don't die of it. Um, Consider forming a union. Um, yeah. Google uh, Blair Mountain 
for more information on how to respond uh, <laughs> if you're not allowed if you're yeah. not allowed to take breaks for the heat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, talk, talking of uh, how capitalism is killing us all, Margaret, uh, it's time for us to break for some adverts of things people can buy. Oh. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. We have, we have some breaking right. news here, folks. We have some breaking sheep news. So it turns out oh. during, during, during yeah. James's last sheep episode, <laughs> he talked yeah. about having Texel sheep yeah, when, yeah. when it's actually Tessel sheep. So this is pretty... No, they're, they're definitely Texels. Who, who, pretty who's la- pretty who's- exciting here. Um who uh, uh Tessel is the largest northwestern islands of the of the Netherlands. It's one of those European places where where the pronunciation where the pronunciation does not match how it's written. It's Tessel sheep, not Texel sheep. So this is pretty exciting for me. And I, as, <laughs> as usually James gets to make fun of how I pronounce words. And now and now yeah. now, now look who's laughing. Uh, yeah. So here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we it's, well, should we, I mean, should we yeah. move into like machinations versus machinations or should we just move on? No, I think we could just move on here. This is fine. <laughs> yeah. Wait, we'll just start a Buenos Aires and move from there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Garrison, the speaker of Frisian. I, I, have, I have a hard yeah. life. They did yeah. not teach me how to say words in Canada. It was all, I know. It, it, it was yeah, all speaking we, um, in tongues in, in the school. We couldn't, we didn't actually learn much, much English. So much words. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. We're, we're uh, we're le- we're all learning as we go. You see, there we go. Yeah, I've just I've just learned that that the place is called Tessel, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. huh. and then thus the, the sheep from there. Is there an X in it or something? No. Uh, yes. When you're uh, yeah, there's an, is there an X all the time? T E X E L. Yeah. Oh, I see. But X sounds the X sounds like an S. Yeah, Tessel. When you're not speaking Texel. in it. Yeah. 
fascinating. Yeah, wow. And I, all my life, I've been misnaming the very sheep that uh, many of you enjoyed hearing about. Sad. Well, the, this, no wonder the sheep weren't coming when you called. They felt no, they come. disrespected. Oh, yeah, they, well, never mind. Yeah, I, well, to be fair, I just go out there and say sheep. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> I, I'm hedging my bets with the pronunciation of that one. Well, you want to talk about animals and heat waves? I would love to, yeah. Tell me, tell about, me what to do with your sheep. I can also talk about humans and heat, and, she, and heat waves. So actually, ironically, one of the things that I learned, I don't know whether or not applies to sheep. I was talking before this to one of my professional animal friends um, who has worked in veterinary clinics and also is a professional horse uh, person. Um, so there's some stuff to know, right? Uh, for all of our, all of the people who aren't humans. Uh Different animals need different electrolyte formulas if you are going to feed them electrolytes. And for example, dogs need more sugar and less salt because they their bodies don't get rid of salt as much, right? They don't really sweat nearly so much. Yeah. Um, occasional Pedialyte or some other like non-Gatorade-y thing is, is fine every now and then. And probably Gatorade's probably fine every now and then. But don't be like, like you can go hiking and just drink electrolytes, right? Not sugar, water, mm-hmm. but electrolytes um but don't do that with your dog even if it's super hot out um there is dog specific stuff and there's formulas you can look up for dog specific making your own uh don't shave your pets this is the one that i don't know if applies to sheep my friend said this does not apply to sheep you um, have to shear yeah you want to you have to shear your sheep or else they will overheat and die yeah okay yeah Um, you gotta want to shear your sheep yeah uh some animals you want to shave, some animals you don't. If you have animals, you should look this up ahead of time. Some people like run out and shave their cats and dogs if uh, in heat waves. This is a very bad thing. Yeah. The the hair is designed to protect them from the sun. Also, especially like um, if you have a dog with a double coat, it does a lot of weird heat transfer stuff, and it's really kind of cool and magic. Brushing and grooming are very good. Uh, if your dog is like slow to its summer coat or it's – Summer is suddenly here 11 months of the year, or as I predict, there's going to be two seasons. There's going to be summer, which will last for nine months, and then there's going to be hellmouth, which will replace what was previously (laughs) summer. Um, Don't take your dog out in the hottest weather. It is better that your dog pisses inside that gets heat stroke. It is harder to identify heat stroke in a dog, but if the dog is like panting a particular amount, um, there's like other things about looking at the gums and eyes. I got bitten by a dog that was having a heat stroke on uh, oh my God. 4th of July. It was good I feel good bad for both the animals involved in this. Yeah, you it. I feel fairly secure in saying that the people who uh, were looking after the dog aren't listening, but like, yeah. they made a series of very poor choices. Yeah, that, uh, uh, yeah. And like, it, it wasn't wise. Um, hiking is my main activity and is like my main bonding with me and my dog, and I am not doing it during a lot of the heat wave. Um, and I'm finding other ways. I'm, you know, because I'm, I have to drive a, a decent way to go hiking, right? So I can't do it early in the morning unless I wake up earlier than I want to. Um, but if you are going to do outside activities with both yourself or with an animal, um, consider doing them at early in the morning or late in the evening um, or middle of the night. I don't know, whatever. Um, if you have animals that can't come inside, because overall, what it was going to apply to your animals is it was going to apply to humans. Like get them into the AC. Like, what are you doing? But a lot of animals you don't have room for inside, right? Unless you're a medieval Irish peasant, in which case I've read way too much about how much those animals live inside. Um, yeah, cows under the house, so the warmth comes up. Oh. Um, yeah, so classic. you want a cross breeze in your barn or coop or whatever. Uh, if it's a coop, you want to make sure there's a place at the top for air to come escape and you don't want the like box style coop with only one entrance if you're dealing with heat waves Um, you want a lot of cool water that is easy to drink and so a lot of people who normally feed their animals with like the nipple style feeders different animals you have different ways of watering them no no nipple style feeders during a heat wave the animal needs to be able to get into the uh, get the water easily Um, for for chickens you might want to bring your nesting boxes down to the ground floor where it's cooler you also might want to consider insulating the coop, like with hay bales, for example. You could stack them up next to your coop. Uh, horses have yet another electrolyte mix. My horse professional friend uses one called Gallagher's water, but points out that it's like mostly bougie people use it when they're like, I mean, most people have horses are bougie, but not all of them, right? Um, at least where I live, other 
places. Okay, so um, it's only necessary in extreme circumstances. It's only better than water in extreme circumstances. Most animals do very well with just drinking water. Um, and also, you can probably consider if you live somewhere wester than I do, you can consider misting systems if you have the money and the infrastructure. Um, and misting systems is basically just like it it pumps water out it into a mist and the mist cools everything down. And below about 70% humidity, they're fairly effective. Below 50% of humidity, they're incredibly effective. And so they... And it's not that you get wet. It's that they do... It's like, it's like the air is sweating. The air is... Yeah. They're like you have in, uh, if you go to restaurants in Phoenix outside, yeah. they have them. Yeah. Um, I bought some really cheap off like Craigslist, um, like, like super cheap. Like I think I, actually, I just have to go and get them. Um, yeah. But No, I'm like so jealous because it wouldn't work where I live. Oh, you can't use them because of the high humidity? I mean, they do a little bit here, but not very effectively. Yeah. I know your chickens don't want to be living in a too damp environment. It could be bad for their little lungs. Okay. Um, so don't, don't be running one inside like, all the time. Yeah. yeah and like inside. But it, I think it, it certainly like my chickens will go around yeah. it when it's hot. So it seems to work. And one person I talked to, and this is like, I did a bunch of research about this, but it's inconclusive. One person I talked to during the wildfire smoke actually set up a particulate, uh, set up a misting system because mist picks up and drops particulate matter to the ground. Um, There's a lot Mm -hmm. of research that says this particulate absorption happens. There is no research to say this is how you handle wildfire smoke with outside animals. Um, But that is something that at least one person I heard from is doing, and science backs it up. Uh, For human animals, in terms of preparedness, just to run through all this stuff that I'm been keeping track of um the way that you're going to deal with all this if you're not outside right if you're outside and you're dealing with the stuff you're going to use um what james talked about and like keep track of how you're feeling and, and get into the ac i mean the main thing you want to do is get into the ac right and you don't want to do strenuous exercise yeah. um you want to check alerts on your phone or your weather radio if you're a cool prepper and have like the a little weather radio um mm-hmm. you probably want to use the buddy system outside if it's getting really hot if you can right just like Having yep. someone who can keep track of what you're, what you're doing. If you don't have another way to get to AC, consider public libraries and other places. This is a very good time. Look after your neighbors, and some of your neighbors are housed and might not have AC. Some of your neighbors don't have houses and probably don't have AC unless they live in their vehicles, in which case they might have some AC. But not all vehicles yep. do. Um, and so it's a very good time to look after people, whether it's giving people rides to public cooling centers or whether it's setting up public cooling centers or they're just letting your neighbor who like, like come over because your AC is working and theirs isn't. Um, You want to, I mean, one thing that you want to do is just accept that what we're dealing with isn't normal. And I'll get to that in a moment. But so if you're a renter, you have fewer options, right? In terms of like structural preparedness, Mm -hmm. there are some things that you can do running fans, unless you're a podcaster, running fans is a very good idea. Uh, If you have ceiling fans, you want to make sure that during the summer they run counterclockwise and during the winter they run clockwise. Um, So it's just look and be like, I want it to push air down. And you can visualize the direction it'll turn to push air down. And that's the summer one. I want change the direction they spin. Yes, there is a little switch on every (laughs) ceiling fan. I can see the one behind you. Um, I didn't know. Yeah, I can see it on yours. Don't do it while it's spinning. So if you look on your screen, (laughs) no, don't be a coward, Garrison. (laughs) Don't walk walk me through it. Okay, I think I see it now. Yeah, but but don't... Close Turn your eyes and as, just as it's go spinning, for it. You want me to put my arm up and then so hit it's, it. It's mm. less because you're going to... Stick your head in there so you can get a good look at <laughs> where right, the switch I'm gonna, is. I'm going to get... Ow! Ah! <laughs> oh, no. Garrison's deceased. Oh, well. <laughs> good thing they left me their jester costume. You'll never find out any more about Cop City now. <laughs> Cop City has to end because there's no other way for us to find out about it. <laughs> yeah. They finally stopped. All right. So other things that you can do. Evaporative cooling is the coolest thing in the world. Again, if you're not in a humid area, this is why humidity is absolutely terrible. And I picked the wrong part of the country to be from. Um, Wet bandanas, wet clothing. uh, There's actually like, it's kind of sad. I was saying that there's no labor protections about heat. Some farm workers like 
developed a like an immigrant farm worker developed a uh, cooling vest system that she's like working on that there's like articles about where it's it just uses evaporative cooling to cool people and it's like one of those things where I'm like mm-hmm. that rules and also it's absolutely awful that that's like where we're yeah, at where we're at you know it's not like oh let's have better labor practices and stuff um and if you have a house if you have like a place that you can really do preparedness for um there's, I mean, we'll just get an air conditioner. Don't run your air conditioner as like low as it'll go. It just doesn't actually make things any cooler. Air conditioners are generally designed and only um, cool things. I want to say, was it like 30 degrees below outside temperature or something? Um, yeah. And I think also depends on like the size of the relative space you're cooling and the BTU capacity. Well, so that's what I'm saying. That they're sized better. for that. By like regulation. Yeah. If someone comes and is like, oh, what size yeah. AC should I put into this house? It's going to be, I want this size house to be, be cooled 30 degrees. I think it's 30 degrees, yeah. it might be 24. Um, okay. And so if you run your fans, you actually can keep your thermostat up about four degrees. Um, and if you don't have a if you don't have AC, there's a lot you can do with like thermal mass, right? Is your friend like if you have a you can choose which house you're going to live in. Living in brick houses is great or adobe houses. It depends on where you live and what your climate yeah. is. Um, mm-hmm. You want to keep your curtains closed during the day and open at night if you're trying to keep out the sun but then let out the heat into the cool night air, assuming that there's still cool night air. depends on where you live as we enter yeah. into this nightmare world. Um, reflective window insulation-y things, like the thing that you put in your windshield can help. There's like stuff you can do when you accept that it's an emergency. Um, And you can, okay, but then the other thing is that running ACs puts a lot of strain on the power grid, and we're already starting to see more grid failure, usually in the brownout style rather than the blackout style. But when everyone's running their AC, the, the grid is not designed to handle it, and there are problems. And so... One, you get these like citywide text alerts that are like, hey, everyone, please turn up your AC, like turn down, whatever. Make your AC yeah. less cold. Cold, and, and this is an example of something that we should do and listen to, but it's really fucking annoying because it's not our fucking fault that the world is heating up, right? And they're not like yeah. turning off Times Square. They're telling everyone, you know, they're not turning off the ads. Yeah. Speaking of ads. It's a good time to pivot to some some more stuff. That, yeah, uh, even yeah, it's waste wasting power and energy. even in the emergency, there's still the ads. Here you go. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. 
and we're back. Um, Hopefully it was for gold, which is uh, useless <laughs> in the heat death of the universe. <laughs> just, just want to throw that out there. Yeah, but it, it does keep its value compared to cash. Just <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, until neither of them have value. That's why whiskey... Oh, wait, no, wait. Mutual aid. Mm-hmm. No, that's why I've been yeah, stocking up on my, on, my, on my series of John Zersion-inspired NFTs that I minted last year. And oh boy, have they, only, have they only grown in value? Am I? I'm telling you, this is this is what's gonna hold me through, whenever whenever you know the thing happens. Yep, I will I, be at your door with my uh, wanting to trade ammunition for apes, as I always am. <laughs> <laughs> Find me in the group chat. Offering bullets for apes. Um, there's one other group of people that I want to talk about really quickly about who we should check in on. And that is prisoners. Uh, There is no way, from my point of view, I'm going to have a lot of bias here, there is no way for us to justly face a climate emergency while we live in a carceral society. Um, In Texas, this is where most of the news is right now, but this is not like it's better other places as far as I can tell. In Texas, since mid-June, between 9 and 23 prisoners have died from heat. Um, But no one knows because Texas refuses to say that anyone has died from heat. They haven't done that since, I believe, uh, 2012 um, is the last time they admitted someone died from heat. However, two-thirds of Texas prisons don't have air conditioning. And a bunch of people are dying randomly of heart attacks in their 30s because they're dying of heat. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I I think er earlier uh, in like the first few weeks of July when it was getting very, very hot – um, I believe yeah. it was a it was a pretty young woman died in the uh, Fulton County Jail here in Atlanta. Yeah, um, I'm sure. And it's they're doing an investigation to see why. So yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Don't worry. The Texas State House passed money to put AC into prisons, and then the Senate rejected it. Cool. Big thing is the money because not much money in law enforcement. So I can see how they're struggling to afford that otherwise. Yeah, there was a, oh, I didn't write down the numbers in my script, but there was like a many millions of dollar budget surplus that they didn't apply to. Oh, I don't know. uh, Not having people die for having been accused of owning weed. Um, Yeah. I don't know, whatever. I get really fucking mad about this. And I, I think that it is like, yeah, it's fucking horrific. Okay, and then the last thing I'm, I really want to say is that this was the hottest month, right, that any of us have ever experienced. Uh, it will be the coolest month in our memory at some point, you know, um, or rather, whatever. It's It'll not be getting coolest colder. July in our in our memory at some yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. next year might be a little bit cooler because of natural cycles or whatever, right? But it's not coming back. We're not going back to normal. And for me, this month marks a sea change. Uh literally in that the Arctic Antarctic ice did not come back this winter. It's winter right now in Antarctica. And there's a five or six standard deviation away from normal amount of ice there right now five to six standard deviations is more than if you flipped a coin a hundred times and it came up heads every single time it is like more than a one in 3.5 million chance right it is a very big number it is a very abnormal thing Um, nothing like this has ever been seen before and i don't want to say this to make people afraid because i don't think we need to be afraid whatever fear is complicated um you can't be brave unless you're afraid that's what i will say you cannot have courage courage is the act of responding to fear um and we should notice the fear and not let it control us but it really is time for people to very seriously look at not what's going to happen by 2050 But what is happening now? What is happening now? What will happen in the next three years, the next five years, the next 10 years? Um, And start making decisions based on that. That is what I want. I don't want to tell people what those decisions are. I want people to get together with the people that they care about and figure out what those decisions are. One of the things that I would recommend is building resilient communities, is looking at how to build communities, right? And there's a lot of ways, a lot of like scenes can become communities, a lot of extended families can become communities, a lot of religious organizations are communities. Okay, Um, 
how and then how to make them resilient, how to collectively look at how to handle these things, whether it's literally just having a plan for like, okay, if the power goes out, who has the whole house generator where I live? Someone around me has got to have a whole house generator. I don't have one. Um, I want one, but they're expensive. Whose AC is still going to be running when the power goes out, right? Um, Or whether it's like, hey, how can we collectively help each other's houses have rainwater catchment systems, right? How can we collectively be building up food sovereignty as well as food storage? How can we have, I want to see personally, I want to see days of workshops at community centers of all different ideological compositions getting together and being like, here's how you can food. Here's how you dry food. Here is how you set up mesh networks. Um, I just, I think it's time. I think that I'm tired of saying, hey, bad stuff might be coming because it's not might be coming now. It's, it's here and it's really bad. And I think people stick to the might be coming because they're afraid of despair. And I will say that despair is not good, right? Um, but, the, but that is something that we can fight how do we fight despair is also part of this. And the, the answer to that is agency. And when we can find ways to act with agency, that is, I mean, there's like studies about like in disasters, people who express agency have like less PTSD, right? When bad things happen. Yeah. Um, and even if the agency, like, I mean, I remember at like one point getting arrested, right? And being like, all right, well, I'm keeping track of like, I know that cop's badge number. I know this. I know this. I'm you know, keeping track of stuff in case there's a lawsuit later. I totally lost that lawsuit. But like that helped me get through that situation, right? Everyone else won the lawsuit, but because I was in black block, I did not win the lawsuit. Uh, that's, that, that, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, actually, it might have been because I refused to give my name. Anyway, whatever. Um, it was a long time ago. Anarchist moments. <laughs> And yeah. <laughs> just so, yeah, act with agency. That is the solution. The solution. It is. It's like like uh, it's not the solution to despair. It's a way to deal with it in the same way that we're not looking at solutions to climate change anymore. We're looking at ways to deal with it. Right. Because it's already here. Yeah. Yeah. We, we yeah some yeah. of the episodes that me and Robert researched and put together for the original. It could happen near season two stuff is. Yeah. A lot of us talking about uh, about like uh mitigation versus uh adaption and almost every day it looks like we're getting more and more committed to just a full a full adaption model because these things are really not going to be like the the most common widespread effects are not going to be mitigated um there's still a few like cataclysmic scenarios that that probably could be averted but things are going to get so much so much worse and that will be to, to to deal with that we will have to adopt a large variety of adaptions and it's gonna suck uh, but it's it's what we're gonna have to do i i, I don't know I mean, yeah i've but there's there's a variety of like reactions to this i mean i i think i should just put together an episode on this sometime in the future but like there's as this as the intensity of the situation is more and more like uh as, as as it becomes more and more clear, we're going to get a variety of reactions from, especially from people on the right who used to be very much pure, p- purely like uh, ignoring or denying this problem. Um, some 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 on the right have like have skipped over the whole part where they've been wrong for so, for so many years and are going to start ap- applying extremely authoritarian and like nationalist s- solutions to this. Um, others are just doubling down on denial because facing the facts of the horrible situation we're in is more and more like frightening. It's 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 harder to admit that you're wrong and realize the the terribleness of the situation. Of uh, uh, the most recent example of this is I've been checking on the replies to um, to CTV News, which is one of the biggest Canadian um, like television news stations. They've they've put out a few stories uh, about how July is the hottest month, and the in 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 the replies to this story, it's there's just a, a shock, an, un, an honestly shocking amount of of pure like flippant denial. Um, of what's going on. And this has been an increasing problem in Canada. Um, And it's, it's, which is ironic because actually Canada's economy is probably going to grow 
during climate change because they're going to take <laughs> over a whole bunch of agricultural production from the states. Um, they're actually going to become a, a much bigger economic player. <laughs> but the the amount of just pure denial that 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 we're that we're seeing in Canada and we're seeing get like increased is extremely worrying. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things that's really hard to deal with. Like, it's, it's also something I talked about in my HyperObjects episode, but like, it's like, it's, a, it's the same thing if someone's like in QAnon. You can't like, you can't like out logic them from QAnon. You have to, you have to, you have to tell a better story. Um, so it, yeah. this is. You need a solid place to stand, like, before you can push someone, if you see what I mean. Yeah. But like, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just been, it's, it's been concerning because I've been seeing a, a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of these things about how this is the hottest month in. 120,000 years and yeah that is a, an, a that is a like a horrifying thing to learn and you can like look at you know what this what the sources for this are um but the fact that so many of us are just just denying this is that like as you like you can go outside and feel it as well like it's like it's and that's not how climate works all the time but like i've, I've certainly i think many of us have have felt the effects of this um and also, like the death numbers can't lie either. Yeah, um, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I just got back from a trip, which will be a podcast soon, uh, to the Marshall Islands, where like it, it is extremely evident that sea levels are rising, and if they continue to rise at the rate that they are rising, then these places will be uninhabitable within the lifetimes of people who are alive today. And uh, it's it it's very odd to or very sort of discordant to see that and then yeah log on when you get home and see someone being like oh it's natural variation or you know like oh it snowed last winter or you know some something which shows like an incomplete understanding but still like just a knee-jerk rejection of uh of, of like all the evidence we have that the climate is changing and it's it's not coming back I, I find myself the same, I have that same feeling sometimes when I see people refuse to engage with solutions, even with people who just are like, sure, oh, that's yeah. real. There's nothing we can do about it. So we're not going to try. Like feels very like, and I don't mean like, I don't even mean a specific way of trying. I don't mean everyone has to go get arrested gluing themselves to famous things or everyone needs to go set things on fire. Or everyone needs to only focus on growing food or like, but just when I see people like just being like, well, there's nothing. So I'm just going to not take Keep it into going. account in my decision-making. I'm like, even if your decision-making is like, like I made the decision to move near my family because of climate change. I didn't move to where the climate is going to be magically stable. I moved to where I can spend more time with the people I love and be in a better position to take care of them. You know, like I just, I feel so like, I don't know. I it was whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. And it's very difficult to see people just sort of, uh, I don't know, sort of fiddle as the Titanic sinks. I mean, yeah, like shutting like, down is the is one of the easiest reactions to stress and, and ignoring totally. it. And both, mm -hmm. both the both like yeah, the totally. like the like the vehement like denial of this as things are obviously getting more and more intense. The denial denial gets more and more intense. But so is like um, the types of like the type of doomerism that leads you just to like checking out of being like, oh, this is so bad. There's, there's nothing I can do, so I'm just gonna completely ignore this. And then that's that's also an, another way of just like sectioning off this part of your brain, so it so it doesn't actually yeah. impact you. It's 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 functionally quite mm -hmm. the same. And I can't um, blame people for it. And that's what I think people often think that I am judging for them for that. And I'm not. I just feel like I'm. It just it's it's hard to engage with sometimes. Yeah, but I think a, a good point to end is like maybe the best prep you can do for climate change is not like uh, I don't know buying a bigger air conditioner or uh moving to somewhere where you think there is a better chance that you personally as an individual will be better but it's building a community that can be resilient yeah. and that can like weather the storm uh, and like having seen a country which is losing its very minimal amount of land to climate change and how communities have come together to protect each other uh during that it, it, it's kind of reinforced to me how important community is as opposed to stuff yeah Absolutely. Also with communities, you can get more yeah. stuff.
Mm-hmm. You can make your own stuff. That's true. Seize the means of production, yeah. but not for the pure Marxist point of view, but from the... <laughs> I'm like joking, but I'm actually like, this is what people should be preparing to do. <laughs> like, yeah. A, a climate revolution that's less about like, oh, we're going to put in someone smart in charge who's going to fix everything and more a climate revolution that's like, we're going to create bottom-up solutions and uh, not let people stop us from creating bottom-up solutions. Yes. That would be a good. Don't be a good revolution. Consider implementing that. It could happen here as a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.